You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Michael Goldsmith here with Matt Wilkham in the Pastoral Center here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. We are blessed to be here in this beautiful city. Uh, the first part of uh, the diocese, it was Winona, and now we've added Rochester, so we are a co co diocese. Is that what you would call it, or how do you how do you say that? You know, it's a co- have, I know it's a co cathedral. We right? have a co we have a cathedral here in Winona, and then we have a co cathedral in Rochester. Right, so, so it's the two. Saint John the Evangelist is the co cathedral. Right. The uh, cathedral of the Sacred Heart here in Winona remains the cathedral. The cathedral, got it. But uh, yeah, the the bishop has a chair in each, which only he can sit in. Right. And he, so he's got two churches. I don't know too many bishops that can say that. Yeah. Well, we're on to our next segment. It's called Straight Talk, and we have Father Jason Kern with us today. He's going to be our priest answering your questions. So if you have a question, why don't you give us a call, 877-795-0122. I know this man personally. He is a smart man, so he can answer whatever you've got coming to him here. He's a great priest, and we are welcome. Just uh, just a great to have you here with us today, Father. Hey, I'm glad to be here. It's yeah. a great gift. Yes. You are the vocations director, Father Kern, for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. So if anyone has a question specifically about their vocation or discerning a vocation what is a vocation feel free to especially call this is a great opportunity to ask father kern your questions about vocations or anything else about the catholic faith that uh, might be on your heart Uh, again that number 877-795-0122 again 877-795-0122 is the number to call or also our facebook page on the rpr facebook page you can leave your question for father there so, Father Jason Kern, again, welcome to Real Presence Live. Yeah, great to be here. How's it been going with you lately? It's been great. I actually took a little trip with some priest friends. We got a little uh, little sunshine. Awesome. In Minnesota, we don't get a lot of that, of course, and so <laughs> it's nice uh, to get away a little bit. So we you were, went down to, what, we in, Houston County? Yeah, we were in, yeah, right, right, right. We were down in Arizona, actually. Visit, oh, went to the Grand Canyon for a day and just had a beautiful little trip. So, oh, Did you good. go down, or did you just stay in the rim? Uh, we we just stayed on the rim yeah. pretty much. Yeah, we we did a little small hike, but we none of us were that interested in right. hiking. <laughs> <laughs> the whole mile and a half, right. whatever it is to go yeah, down. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's where what, what we it's not going to. down; it's getting up. That's the problem. Right. Yeah. If you don't have that mule to help you back <laughs> right, up, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my. Uh, that's the only way I'm going down. <laughs> Again, the number to call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two for a straight talk here on Real Presence Live to talk with Father Jason Kern. He's our in studio guest at the Pastoral Center here in Winona. He's also the Vocations Director for the Winona-Rochester Diocese. And Father, let me just start it off maybe, you know, regarding the topic of vocation. How, how would somebody go about properly discerning a vocation? Yeah, I'd say the primary things you want to do is, first of all, you want to start in a place of peace, not any anxiety. Often we're like, oh, I got to figure this out. I got to ask questions. I got to do all these things in order to figure out the God's plan for my life. No, the first thing the Lord wants is a relationship. That's the first thing your priority should be is to just focus on your relationship with Jesus Christ, with God the Father, with the Holy Spirit. Allow yourself to grow in communion with God, and He will lead you. That's the primary step in discerning a vocation. And once you're doing that, once you're committed, 
committing yourself to prayer, committing yourself to daily mass, committing yourself to a devotion to the Eucharist and adoration, allowing yourself to to understand um, the interior life, how you where you're being drawn by the Lord. You'll continue then to grow in in a deeper awareness of how God's leading you, where He's calling you, uh, the ways He's at work in your life. So that's the first thing. And then once you actually, then you have to start saying, okay, well, what are my options, right? Mm-hmm. And how do I discern priesthood? How do I discern religious life? What are those vocations? Uh, how could I know if I'm called to it? Well, it's always going to be uh, the dynamic of God saying, come follow me, right? He wants first and foremost your heart to trust him. And so there's an invitation there to trust the Lord. And then you begin by discerning, asking the questions of what would it mean to be called? Well, it would mean that God's calling you not just to marriage, right? Marriage is a beautiful gift, a beautiful vocation. But then when you're called to the priesthood, there's something that's directly from God to call you to a different way of life. And so you say, okay, even though I still see the beauty of marriage, I still see attraction to marriage. Uh, this call to priesthood or religious life is something that's supernatural, beyond the natural call of marriage. And so it's, a, it's an invitation to a, a more particular uh, expressed way of life. It's still a call to love, still a call to give yourself away uh, in, com- in complete generosity as you wouldn't have to in marriage, but it's a unique way that God is calling you to give your life in a, in a direct devotion and service to the church and to God's people. So you're always going to have that first part is going to have to be the relationship. It's got to be the most important right. thing, right? I mean, of course, we hope that our parents, you know, we were just talking about this in, in the first with Aaron, you know, mm-hmm. that we have to be the primary uh, cultivators of that, right? You know, absolutely. that we have to help build our children to to be able to get into that personal relationship, yeah. right? And so that foundation we always call is our primary vocation is the call to holiness, right? That's our first and foremost vocation. Each of us is called to that life of holiness. And that, you're right, it, it's founded in the family. And we often use the terms domestic church right. or the uh, the seed, the first seed bed of, of growth for the, for the person is the family. Mm-hmm. That's the place where holiness can be formed. And when we say holiness, we don't mean some kind of ecstasy all the time. Of course, we know the dynamics of family life. It's not easy to live holiness in the family. But what are we talking about? We're talking about forming them in prayer, forming them in a relationship with God, teaching uh, young people the importance of the faith, giving them proper catechesis and understanding so that they can grow and understand who they are and what they're called to be, uh, and then continue to say, okay, well, what does God want for my life, and how do I come to know Him and understand Him? No. Well, we do have we do have a, a person on the phone here. Uh, it's uh, the the there's one thing I wanted to uh, father if I could really real quick here. Um, you mentioned natural vocation, meaning marriage. Yes. And for the vast majority of people, that will be their vocation. And but and so does that mean that if someone feels an attraction to you know, a different vocation, say the consecrated life, uh, consecrated virginity, or uh, celibate priesthood. Uh, or the monastic life, should someone really pay attention to that, or just would it be would be all right if they kind of brush that off as saying, "Well, it's it's just another um, attraction of of mine, and it's normal, it's nat, it's it's no, it's just natural." Right. 
Yeah, so I mean, often the way I, I, I would say when someone enters, for instance, enters the seminary, it doesn't mean that they don't have an attraction to marriage, for instance, right? There's always going to be a, a, a desire for natural married love and for the relationship between man and woman. Likewise, um, when someone does feel an attraction to priesthood, sometimes it's, or to a consecrated life, it sometimes is, is more of just a desire to grow in holiness, right? It's an initial, like, I really want to give myself to something greater. I want to give myself to God completely. And there and there's can be this real desire forming in the heart, which can can lead to some confusion, can lead to ups and downs of, should I enter the seminary? Should I pursue this call to religious life? And that's normal. That's okay to experience those ups and downs. That's why you want to watch the trajectory that's taking place in your heart over the course of a year, over the course of six months, to give yourself a period of discernment where you're saying, okay, I'm really going to allow God to work uh, and to lead me during this time and to show me where he's lead, leading and attracting my heart. And and the good news about the seminary is the purpose of the seminary, it's, it's a house of formation for priesthood. It's also a house of discernment. It's a little bit more complicated when it's religious life because you don't have the freedom to enter a place and then discern when you're there so much. You, you can leave, of course, before you take final vows. Often people do. But uh, but it's it's just a little bit more of a, of, of a jump into the house of uh, the, uh, into religious life, and then, but also with consecrated life, you could discern freely as you kind of move along. You'd need someone to help you journey through that, and that's often where either your vocation director of your diocese, or or, or maybe the pastor of your parish, if you have a good relationship with him, or another priest or someone else that you trust in faith, might be able to lead you and help you through. What are those movements? What are taking place in me? Is this an authentic call from God, or is this more or less just me continuing to wonder, to question, uh, and to to not know? And that's where you need to really come to prayer and ask the Lord to show you a deeper insight, a deeper awareness to lead you uh, to the path that he's calling you into. Okay. Very good. Well, we do have a call on the phone here. It's uh, Mary listening in Iowa. Mary, are you there? Yes. Thank you for taking my call. God bless you to you both. I am calling regard. Oh, yes. Go ahead with your question. Sorry, I'm on a Yes, I am living on the home farm where my husband grew up. He always lived with his parents before we got married. And we're just dealing with issues now as mom's close to 100, and she's giving the farm over. Basically, she's going to keep it in her name like a living trust, but she's giving the homestead to my husband. But all the land rent, um, there's over a 1,000 acres, all the land rent is going to be divided up between all the other siblings. And then our share of the land rent would go to all the other siblings because we're living on the homestead. The moment that that was uh, uh, laid out, it's like the boundaries are just crossed. They're in the yard. They take everything they want. They're in the shop. They're in the, you know, there's no, like, I'm trying to explain this to my husband. And he's like, well, you go talk to him then if you don't want him in there. And and he doesn't want to stand up and he doesn't want to be like the bad guy. So I'm being this, like, outsider. I you know, been excluded from everything, Christmas and stuff, because he started making changes with the house. He put different siding on and different things. He's taken buildings down. And I love them. I love them so much. And I just want Father's advice, words of wisdom. How do I not let it come between me and my husband? Because they're starting to give opinions now. We have a larger family, like with my older children. Oh, you can live together. Oh, you don't need to go to adoration. You don't need to pray the rosary. And I'm like, no, no, you know, these are things we've instilled in the kids, and we'd like them to carry that on at college. And so it's like it's this battle going on with them putting me down for 
the ways that we have raised the children, and we've raised them in the faith, and now I have to just give them back to God and say, okay, you've got to take over God, and they're your children, and you take over with their life, put holy Catholic people yeah. in their lives and um, and in their path. So I just, I, I admire that caller that called, because I deal with the same issues. Yes, we, we, we need God's guidance, and I thank you so much for your time. Just, I, I, I forgive, and I just want to know what charity and love, how do I continue to show that to them when they reject it from me, and they, they put me down, put, put my children down. How do sure. I keep showing that act of love toward them, and, and yet set boundaries so that if I'm working at school or I'm gone, I don't come home and the doors open. Oh, well, they were out here today and they came through the house, you know, and it's like, okay, I don't mind, but I'd like to at least have a a little phone call or something. But, yeah, it's coming kind of between our marriage. It's a great question, Mary, and you're not alone in this struggle. This is a very real conflict that arises in families, especially in rural areas. In fact, my own uh, dad, my, my dad's family, they went through this. They had 10 brothers and sisters, and uh, it was when the parents died. Nobody wanted the farm in their situation, which in your situation, that's part of the difficulty that you're still living there. Um, here's, here's what I would primarily say is uh, money is not the end here, right? The end has to be family unity, charity, and love towards one another. It has to be willing to compromise in certain respects and willing to be assertive in certain respects in order to to uh, carry out the good of the family. And that's a difficult thing to decipher and to discern. It needs to be done prayerfully. It needs to be done with humility. And it needs to be done with mutual respect. I mean, it, and you have to fight for those things because there's going to be insults. There's going to be people who get upset. Uh, they're not all going to have a disposition of heart that is that doesn't seem to be charitable, doesn't seem to be willing to compromise, who is grasping, uh, and, and part of that's grief, and that's part of what we need to understand is when they're still they're sorrowful about the the way things have gone or that that things have changed, and they're not the way they used to be, and we miss mom and dad or we miss this situation, and oh this person's doing this, and there's accusations and blame, so those kinds of things create tension, those kinds of things create this division, they create sadness, and they create a, a sort of spirit of division and hostility towards one another those need to be let go of those need to be kind of stepped back from and not not get so caught up in the emotional in those struggles that happen and so what can you do well you're right you want to continue to be a witness to prayer a witness to love a witness to charity and a witness to unity unity to be able to say how can i witness uh, a unity in the family a willingness to continue to love despite our differences despite the fact that this person said this or did this uh, and you say you you forgive them and you desire to continue to forgive them i'm sure there's continuing hurt and pain that is in your heart or in the heart of others and maybe they they need to be told you know that, that maybe it's i'm sorry from your part and that can be hard to say that because i didn't do anything wrong well sometimes it's a perceived thing right and so to be able to try to bridge that gap and to say, look, I, I want to put all of our differences aside and continue to, f- to carry out the good of this family and to help all of us love one another. I don't want to be a source of division between my husband and myself, but even my husband and his siblings. All those types of uh, scenarios and situations are very important just to continue to say, uh, how can I bring unity here? Well, yes, prayer. Yes, uh, the love of Jesus Christ and continue to instill that in my family. But but ultimately, I also need to be Christ to them. I need to. How would Christ handle the situation? 
salvation? How would he look at them? How would he love them? How would he uh, continue to bring his grace and his, his wisdom, right? The wisdom of God into this situation so we can see it from a bigger perspective than just, oh, they did this or they went after this money or they're pursuing us or something like that, right? Those causes of division are too easy to buy into emotionally. And so we have to kind of separate ourselves from the pain or the emotion and say, okay, how can I be a bridge of love and unity in this family? Does that answer your question, Mary? Oh, it was wonderful. Thank you so much. The Lord Thank you. bless you this Latin season coming ahead, in, and I'll continue to do that. Just to kind of let them know I want to know if there's anything more I can do for them or, you know, um, make sure I got the coffee pot plugged in so when they come in on those days, I have a hot there cup of go. coffee ready for <laughs> them. Well, God yes. bless. Thank you so yes. much, Father. Thanks and for thank listening, Mary. thank you for Mary. being there, sir. Yes. God bless you, Mary. Thanks for listening. So uh, if you have a question, 877-795-0122, give us a call. We'll get that question to Father here. And if you want to put it on Facebook, we can do that too. And we'll get that question uh, to Father as quickly as we can. Again, 877-795-0122. If I could just ask a little bit, I know... I know this would go between, you know, your parish priest or whoever, but with the gospel, you know, talking about should we involve somebody from the church, you know, the gospel I'm talking mm-hmm. about, you know, is is that maybe when you get a family dynamic like that, is that is that something to come to the priest and talk to him about? Maybe he could be an intermediate? I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. asking. I mean, I know that would be for each priest to, to it discern. Would, yeah. but it, and, it, it, you know, it's also the who made me your judge and arbitrator, right? Like, right. it's kind of this tension. Uh, I think it depends on the priest and what his kind of gifts are, his mm-hmm. charisms, your relationship with him as a family. Uh, is he going to be able to kind of speak into a rational, reasonable right. way? Uh, is he sitting down with the whole family or is it, you know, two people are getting his input and then they're going to tell everyone? So that can be another right. cause of division and tension to, oh, they went to father and now they think they know everything or something. So you have to do it um, prayerfully and kind of say, okay, what's the dynamic of our family? Would they receive this? Um, Do they trust him and do they believe that he, you know, kind of has an insight for us? So it depends on the, on the situation, of course. Um, But yeah, sometimes it's just helpful to have an objective view, right? Right. Someone who's not so emotionally invested, who's not still grieving or kind of struggling with the pain of everything going on, or isn't upset with this side, this group who did this and this side who did that, Right. uh, but can kind of just speak into it more reasonably. And I know there's family therapists and stuff like that i mean you know it it all depends upon where 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 that situation and how far it is and what the damn you know so but yeah but you can certainly go to your priest and talk to him about it and then maybe get some connection from that point forward right it's always important to recognize usually these things aren't just the one issue right Right. it's not just over the farm it's usually years and years of kind of background and history and the family dynamic i know that's where my wife's family is and and you said yeah i mean we especially like you said in the rural areas when you have all this land and you know who do you pass it on to when you have all these children and siblings and how do you do it in the right manner. I mean, it, there's a lot of, but then it got has greater dynamics beyond that. It sure so, does. Yeah, it can be so That's a great question, and I thank you. Um, I, I wonder if I could ask about the uh, gospel today. If maybe you have a little clarification. I was just really kind of looking at it today. With I don't know if you read the gospel or not yet, but our mass is this evening, so I haven't looked closely. It, but it, it talks about uh, the blind man and Jesus puts the spittle on his and yeah. and he lays his hands on once and what do you see? And he says, "Well, these people mm-hmm. walking around like trees, right?" Yeah. He goes, he has to lay his hands on again. Mm-hmm. Do, you, 
Do you have any insight on that a yeah, little it's, bit? You know, often, I, I'd love to read the Church Fathers on this. I'm sure there's like Augustine would have I wanted to go back there, yeah. Too, uh, because it's kind of this coming to faith, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I see partially, but yet not fully. And there's this movement in all of us that sort of uh, faith becomes something where I learn to see more deeply. I learn to kind of uh, see more clearly that Christ is the light that opens my eyes, that allows me to see uh, with His beauty, with His truth. And, and sometimes I I, I don't have the fullness. I, I can be slow to kind of coming to that place of resolution and understanding. And so it's it's a great image for us to consider that that Jesus, uh, you know, uses uses elements. Right? Mm-hmm. He uses the earth. He uses things in this world uh, to help us come to knowledge of Him more fully. And so that's a very sacramental view as well. Right? That that the things of the earth, bread and wine, become the body and blood of our Lord. It's a it's a lens to see the fullness of God. And so we have to look beyond that initial kind of uh, you know asking him do you see anything and kind of I see something <laughs> right. <laughs> right like that's our journey of faith I, I know there's I know you're out there God I know that I can believe in you and trust you and then it's like okay let me go deeper let yeah. me let me continue to, to allow you into my heart Jesus and as that happens his sight is restored he can see everything it says distinctly right, yeah, right. that's a beautiful line to see everything distinctly Okay. I, I wondered what the Greek, what the yeah, real, I mean, what the deeper word was there, but I haven't gotten it. I just, yeah, yeah that that would be great to look into a little further. I, I I appreciate that too. When you have these, the internet again, yeah. a good thing to go back and look and be able to 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 get these insights of our of our uh, faith fathers before us, but also the church as a whole is, you know... Uh, so much wisdom. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for the insight on sure. that, though, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to give us a call, 877-795-0122. I am Michael Goldsmith with... Matt Wilcom. We are from the Pastoral Center here in Winona, Rochester Diocese. We have Father Jason Kern here. He is the Vocations Director for Winona, Rochester. He currently resides at the seminary is that correct that's correct and yeah. but you go out around to different parishes and stuff that's and right yes yeah. uh, we have a college seminary here in Winona and I reside there with three other priests I'm on the faculty there as well and so that's part of uh, my work is divided a little bit over uh, working with people who are discerning working with the seminarians and kind of being the bishop's representative to them helping them the guys who are actually for our diocese grow and continue to mature as, as men who are will be ordained for this diocese like for, so for this week um, next at the end of this week, I'm going to visit Sacred Heart Detroit Seminary mm. um, because our, we have our theology guys there. So I'm going to go visit with them and kind of be there with them and make sure everything's going well. Meet Connect with, the, with them. Yeah, meet with the seminary formation staff there, see how everything's going, and make sure they know they're still loved. We right, that they're not just over there. And Yeah, we're waiting for you to come on back. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yep, yep. So it's it, every semester I try to visit the guys out there as well. So that's part of the work of vocations directors to be the, the bishop's delegate to the mm-hmm. to the men directly. Uh, yeah, and then and you have all the with Aaron Laffey. You, you got to work with him, right? With all the Camp Summit yep, and, yep. And, and with Steubenville, and you we know the things the, going on. The college campuses, I work with him as well too. Um, I, I have discernment groups that I lead for college students, college men, and then there's one for college women as well, where we we lead them. Uh, and work with them on discernment, mm-hmm. on prayer, on discipleship, and help them to kind of what does it mean to discern priesthood specifically yeah. or consecrated life for the ladies. And so it's a, it's a great gift to be able to kind of correspond with him. And then, yeah, Camp Summit and Steubenville Conferences yeah. are dynamic opportunities to kind of build relationships with younger people in high school and, and yep. junior high. So, Father Jason Kern, uh, along with that, let's actually just give the phone number one more time. If 
someone wants to call in to ask Father Jason Kern a question about the faith during Straight Talk, we have a few minutes left here until the top of the hour. The number to call is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122 to talk with Father Jason Kern. And you're the vocations director for the diocese here. And what what is what does it mean for somebody to have a vocation? Like if I say, I think I might have a vocation. What does that mean? Yeah. Primarily it means that God is calling you, right? And now we want to be clear that when we say vocation, everyone has a vocation. It's just a matter of how am I going to, which one is it that I'm going to be called to uh, so that I can live it out. Marriage is a vocation. Sometimes when we say vocations in the church, we can mean uh, religious life and priesthood, and we can kind of, well, marriage is, you know, everyone's, you know, anyone could be called to that, but special. It's not uh, particularly special in that way. It's special because it's a direct call f- to give yourself completely to God, and that's a great gift, right? It's mm-hmm. a powerful reality, but it's also a demanding one, right? It, it, it means sacrifice. It means giving of yourself, but so does marriage, Yeah, and that's the beauty of vocation. So it's to hear the call of God in your life. That's what it, we mean when we say uh, I'm, I have a vocation. It, it means that I'm willing to listen to God rather than just pursue the worldly ways to pursue money or a career path that's just on my own terms. I say, God, what do you want for my life? That might mean politics. <laughs> now, how do you live your Catholic faith in politics? That's a big question. <laughs> that might mean you know pursuing something in, in your local town. That's fine. That's good. It, being a farmer is a vocation in its in the sense you're called to marriage and mm-hmm. or you're living out as a single person you're living out this life so that you can live it out in a more concrete way to give yourself completely to god right so that's always our call is the vocation is i expressly live for god in his plan for my life uh working to discern and ask god where are you leading me how are you where are you calling me to work and to live Mm -hmm. and then that takes us on the path uh towards living for god in whatever way concrete way we're we're called to express that now when you're speaking of vocations we all know that we need priests we need priests in the diocese of one to Rochester, all throughout the IPR listening area, and there's been a recent clarification, a reaffirmation really, of the discipline within the Latin rite regarding priestly celibacy. Mm-hmm. Father Jason Kern, what, what has been your personal experience of living out this charism of celibacy and how it's tied, how, is it, how has it enriched your priesthood? And what would you say to a young man who might be discerning that same calling? Yeah, that's a great question. Celibacy is one of those things that people are afraid of. They think it's, oh, it's weird to not not be married or it's hard. Uh, and, and yeah, of course it's hard at times, but marriage is also hard, right? Just ask anyone who's married. Oh, yeah. You know that? <laughs> and, and the, the so reality single of, life. Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. All Relate these, with, the, with our nuns. Too, yes, yeah. it's very difficult at times. But at the same time, uh, what I've found with celibacy is that it's a beautiful gift. Right? I, I find great joy in being a priest. It allows me to give myself and to be available on a practical level, but much more, it's an invitation to an intimacy with God that allows me to find joy and peace and love, right? It's an invitation to prayer and to depth of life that is that is both meaningful and, and substantial. Uh, and, and then I form great relationships with my brother priests. I form great relationships with lay people and with families that it gives me great joy to spend time uh, with those around, right? To, with, with people that I've grown with and known over the years. I got get to know their kids and their families and journey with them in life as well. Uh, but celibacy is not a, not just some imposed burden, right? It, what is it? It's an invitation to love and to, in, to a depth of life where I say I give myself completely in service to God and the church and God blesses that. He gives joy and freedom to the soul mm-hmm. who is called to this life, right? So it has to be a call from God otherwise it can be an imposition. It would be an imposition if it was someone saying I'm going to do this and forcing their way 
into it, it would not be life-giving. But if it's an invitation from God, then he's saying, I will give you the grace you need to live this life yep. well. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We'll wait for a question for Father. Uh, you can also go to this one on Facebook if you would like, and we can get that to Father. We have a few more minutes left. And F- Father, with that, you know, I know that, you know, people talk about the church. We have this. We we as individuals, our human beings, are about the gender, you know, male and female, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and male and female, he created them, right? Yeah. So, you know, the, the church is what you marry. The church itself looks as, as, as a bride, right? Sure. So, I mean, you're marrying in the church. You're marrying, I mean, that is part of that. It is. It's a spiritual analogy, exactly. right? And so uh, it's not it's not the same as uh, someone who's called to marriage. Right. But it's a spiritual analogy where I give myself generously still, right? I have to lay down my life for my bride, uh, just as a, a husband lays down his life for his wife. And, and the wife has to continually give of herself, right? Absolutely. She continually has to submit and order her life towards her husband. And the husband does the same for his wife. Well, that's the priest in the church, right? right. The church is laying down its life for the priest, uh, providing for him, opening up their churches for him, and making him available so that he, ha- he can be provided for. Uh, and, and there's so many ways that the people of God serve me, yeah. right, and, and are willing to be generous towards me. But all the more than the priest then is called to say, okay, um, not only because of that, but it's, it's the invitation then to say, will I be generous? Will right. I give my life uh, in service and in love, in sacrifice? Sacrifice for the good of the faithful. And you talk about celibacy there. I, I really, when I'm, you know, we're in, in marriage, we are called to be in that monogamous. So really, in the in the sense in that celibacy between, you know, that we have that struggle as well. We have to keep that and and be faithful to that. And you know, we were talking earlier with Aaron Laffey, you know, about the different things that are coming at us at all times. That's no different for any of us, no matter what vocation we're in. We have to be faithful in that. Yeah. And what you know, so that's being pulled. You know, <laughs> right? There's a denial of self. People in talk every about vocation. this. Yeah, yeah. talk about how hard that is for a priest to be celibate. It's like I've, it's really, really hard for married yeah. couples to stay on that with all going on too. Right. I mean, I know it's not a complete conclusion, no, it but it's good. I remember, you know, kind of a famous joke of um, the priest says no to every woman, the husband says no to every woman but one. <laughs> and, uh, right. and there's a reality to that of uh, that we all have to say no, but it's in order to say yes, yes. right? It's so that I can love yes. this person if in marriage or that I can love the church and to give myself freely. That demands some no's, yeah. uh, but it's ultimately at the service of the yes. Yeah. Well, we are out of time with Straight Talk. Uh, thank you so much, Father Jason Kern, the Vocations Director for Winona Rochester Diocese, here for coming. And uh, I know we, we only had the one call, but sure. we, we had some good conversations about vocations. Yes. Correct? No, I enjoyed being here with you today, and it's, uh, it's always great to be able to kind of spread the truth and the goodness about uh, hearing God's call and listening to His yeah. voice. And can, I, can we ask that you grace us with your priestly blessings sure. for us Absolutely. and those listening? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing on all who are listening, all who are present to us today. And we ask that you would just continue to fill our minds and hearts with your joy and peace. And may Almighty God bless you and keep you always, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, that is Straight Talk. And we're going to be coming up with Monica Herman next. And she's going to be talking to us about the diocesan appeal, about those gifts that we need to give. So I am Michael Goldsmith with Matt Welcome. This is Real Presence Live. And we will be back right after this break. Stay tuned with us. Oh, 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 oh,